0: Now, like some of those kids have come back, and you know what? I'll tell you what; those kids still remember that senior page because they'll come back in for other things, and they're like, "Wait, you're the one that did the class of 2020 page." And I'm, well, yeah, but you know what? A big deal. You know, we made a Facebook page, and, and you know, but all the kids in the group got adopted. Lots of them got adopted by two and three people. Um, and then what the fun part was afterwards: parents would post photos from you know way little kids all the way up mm-hmm. onto their senior pictures. So they posted all these great photos of the other parents in town oh my God, I forgot, you know, I forgot little Johnny. And that's what he looked like back in the day. Right. But then everybody started posting the pictures on the flip side, as the kids were getting their gifts or whatever was happening, they were taking pictures. And so you had all these, everybody in the community that they didn't necessarily have seniors, but they wanted to do something. So it felt like, again, it just, it reminded me of what I loved about Dripping when I moved here, that these people don't even have kids that are in the senior class, maybe don't even have kids. Right. But they wanted to, they found somebody that, I liked this one because he was going, you know, she's going into fashion and I'm, I'm a fashion gal, or this one was a musician and I wanted to adopt a musician. And so it was really cool to see all those connections get made and, and then see the posts that continued throughout, um, uh, really throughout the summer. Cause they kind of kept going with it.
1: Welcome to the sold on drip podcast, your ultimate destination for all things, dripping springs. I am your host, Bill Cafferetta, and we are here to celebrate what makes this town the best place to live in the Texas Hill Country. It's amazing people. Join us as we sit down with local residents and business owners to hear their stories, learn why they love this community and are proud to call it home. We will be spotlighting their businesses, find out why they choose to serve the people of Dripping Springs, and dive into the local events that bring our community together. Our finger is always on the pulse, and we will be keeping you informed about how our rapid growth and development is impacting our schools, resources, and the local real estate market. Whether you're a lifelong resident or you have just discovered Dripping Springs, you will soon know why we are all Sold On Drip. Thanks for joining and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Sold On Drip podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cafferata, and I am here with Dorothy Lawrence of the Dorothy Butler Law Firm. Welcome, and we are so happy to have you here.
0: Thank you so much. I'm
1: glad to be here. Want to give a little intro to Dorothy for those who don't, don't know her. She is a financial attorney with 13 years experience. She actually started the business from her kitchen table with her infant, and we all know that's almost impossible, so huge props for that. She's been named a top attorney by Austin Monthly Magazine and is an absolute powerhouse in this industry. She's a pro musician. I'll let her get into some of those details later, but has played with the likes of Andrea Bocelli. Bernadette Peters, The Who, and that list goes on. She continues to perform with Broadway across America. And you can find her on Instagram at Your Trendy Lawyer, which I think is a genius Instagram handle. So welcome. Uh, and just so happy you're here. So just want to get a little bit of the, the Dorothy story. So um as, as a longtime resident of Dripping Springs, tell us who is Dorothy and why Dripping Springs. Sure.
0: So Dorothy's a South Louisiana girl. Um, I moved here after finishing all the schooling, nine years of college and law school and beyond law school, ended up here in Dripping Springs. Um, fell in love with it. I, I fell in love with the community. I fell in love with the people here and the the small business visit here. And I just love that you get the feel of Austin, right? Austin's right down the road, but yet I, I always tell people that are not from here. I feel like I still kind of live in Mayberry, right? I still live in that small town. Everybody still has that great neighborly attitude. I love it. So um, I moved here and because I was a South Louisiana girl, didn't go to UT, I'm sorry. I didn't go to A&M, I'm still not sorry. Um, and I, 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 I really struggled. I'm hearing with a Go
1: Tigers in your voice?
0: You know, there's maybe some Go Tigers in that voice. Um, yep, I'm going to stick to that 2019-2020 season we had. Um, yeah, so I moved here um, and I opened up a law firm. Um, I, I did it at the kitchen table because I was really, at the time, I didn't have a UT law degree. I didn't have any connections to Austin. So trying to find a job in this market when you're not from Austin, it is crazy. I don't know if it's still as crazy anymore, but 13 years ago, it was really crazy. So I said, fine, I'll make a law firm.
1: Well, that's, can you bring that up? I, I have friends of mine who will say that more on the Aggie side, I guess UT as well, but there's that they will only hire Aggies. They will only hire Longhorns. It's it's a real true connection around here with, with those universities.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. I actually, I cold called, I must have probably, I, I probably called hundred law firms. I mean, not not exaggerating. I was pregnant at the time and I was calling law firms going, man, are you hiring for anything? I will mm-hmm. come do anything in your law firm to get a foot in the door. And I remembered finding a, a firm, downtown Austin. Um, it was like a small four or five person. All they did was tax law. And I was this is great. I have my master's in tax law. I'm licensed in two states to do this. Like, come let me do it. And they were hiring for a, a law clerk, which is typically what somebody does when they're in law school. Yeah. Before they finish, they go in and they clerk at an office. I said, I'll do that. That sounds great. And they looked at my resume. They didn't even, they didn't look at the resume. They told me over the phone. She said, well, you didn't go to UT? And I said, no, I graduated from LSU. And then I got this master's in it, which none of your attorneys in the office even have this LNM. I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. And um, right. and she said, well, you didn't, you never audited a class or anything at UT because they're not even going to talk to you. Wow. What, what do you mean? So wow. I said, so, so at that point, I remember that phone call being really what kind of kicked it in. And I said, okay, if nobody's even going to talk to me because I didn't go to UT or one of the other schools, I'm just going to make a law firm. And I say that because that was my entire intention here was I'm going to make a law firm. I'm going to make a Facebook page. And I'm going to say that I practice for six months or a year. And then somebody will actually interview me at that point. And a year in, I needed to hire another attorney to come help me out because I was so busy. And I said, well, Great.
1: here we are. That's the spirit of one here. That's that hostile mentality, that entrepreneurial spirit, just not letting it you make the decisions, you're going to build your future. That's actually like the book, um, The Last Lecture by, was it Robert Pausch?
0: Yeah.
1: Amazing book. That book changed my life. It's um,
0: fantastic one.
1: Trying to get into grad school, I kept getting denied, denied, and then I gave up. And as I was giving up, read that book and it just it blew open everything for me mentally. That's fantastic. Um, so that was 2011? 2011.
0: 2011, yeah.
1: 2011, so you're at this now? little over 12, 13 years. How, what was the trajectory of that? Were you, when did you actually break into where you were so busy, hire that, and then you have to get an office and a whole staff and, and the whole bit? What, what did that look like?
0: Yeah. So, so the firm started in April of 2011, cause I had a 10 month old sitting on the corner watching Barney while I was doing it. Um, and then by the summer of 2012, I needed to bring on my first associate attorney um, third attorney came on about December that year. And we went, I think we need to hire somebody that can be like a secretary or something. And at the time I had no office. So I remember everybody had a key to my house. We had a third bedroom in the home. Um, cause I was still living the single mom life and we had a three bedroom that the third bedroom was the office. So the two other attorneys and our secretary all had keys to my home and they had the key to the alarm code. And they would just come and go as they needed to go to the office. And we kind of tried to make it that everybody would meet once a week at least. We'd all sit at the table and had a big table in in that office room. Um, And I think finally, about January of 2014, I went, maybe it's time to actually look at a physical office space as opposed to people coming to my house and working in the bedroom, right? right? Right. Um, So we opened up the first office in Dripping Springs in January of 2014.
1: It's fantastic. Uh, I I can only imagine what that was like—the boiler room in the third bedroom of your your home and people coming and going. And I bet that was cool for your for your kid though to to have that many people in and out and like just extra bodies around and that socialization must have been. That know, was
0: fun, and the stories that he heard and then repeated at the uh, Pathways Preschool were also fantastic. I will never forget. was a three-year-old and they were doing one of the you know their little 10 minute church time Um, reading the story and going over things and i'll never forget walking in and the director at the time looking at me and i I came in and she's like is everything okay at home and i went i think so i I don't know i just (laughs) came from home i thought it was fine and she goes well we were doing the prodigal son story today and talking about you know what happens when you you know we were talking to the kids about what happens when you run out of money and all the other kids three-year-old three-year-old children went well you can't buy any more toys you can't buy any more candy Dan, and your son, he looked up and went, actually, when you run out of money, the bank comes and takes your car and your house from you. And I went, oh, okay. Um, the repo man didn't come to my house last night. I'm a bankruptcy attorney. And that's why. It at someone else's house. Oh, and she was so relieved. But I mean, man, I, I will just never forget the look on her face. Is everything okay at home? Do we need to help out? And I went, I don't think so. I think I'm good.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that's an interesting piece too. Like kids just, <laughs> we can sidestep the business for a second it's unbelievable the things they pick up on the cues they pick up on the stories and the way they twist them and and they'll be better for it in the end you know just this this life experience at yeah. a young age I guess I don't know
0: yeah no my three-year-old knowing about the repo man was
1: <laughs> my my five-year-old to me she works she does a lot of my listing stuff she does a lot of the videos and she's always she has her own little desk right here on the corner and works with dad and all that so we had a listing in the front of the house, uh, front of the neighborhood earlier this year. And it was actually under contract, but there was an issue with a leak. and it took like a month to get all the repairs done. So we were driving by and one day she looks at me and she goes, um, daddy, that uh, that daddy sign is still in the yard. And I don't think we're selling that house too good. So, um, maybe you should call some people. I was <laughs> like, thanks, Zoe. Like, thanks for roasting me. i yeah. The- sign being in the yard too long. That's
0: amazing when you get roasted by a five-year-old.
1: I of the best though.
0: Yeah, I mean it is. You gotta be proud of them but at the same time, right? Like, you just roasted me, but I'm so proud of you for doing that. That was a good I one. I know.
1: I know. <laughs> oh man, children. They're we love them. Yes. Um yeah so clearly the, the law firm took off. I mean being named top attorney by Monthly Austin Monthly is was an amazing feat. And um financial attorney. I am going to assume that our listeners are as uninformed as I am. <laughs> I'm assuming that has to do with taxes, bankruptcies, like you said. What else is that? And who is the avatar of the person that you help that could actually reach out to you?
0: Yeah. So I will do anything on the spectrum that is financial matters. So yes. Bankruptcies is a big, big piece of it. It's kind of how I started everything was by doing bankruptcy work because I came out and that was during one of the last market crashes was time. You needed bankruptcy attorneys at that point. Um, so we do that. I also work with individuals that just say, you know what? I don't need to file for bankruptcy. But I have this one credit card. I can't get them off my back. Can you just help me? Can you help me deal with this one guy over here? So that's the side of it over there that maybe we need a little bit more financial help. Mm. We also do tax prep. Um, we did over 500 tax returns in the last two years. Um, I was actually named top tax preparer in Dripping Springs a couple of years in a row. Um, awesome. Yeah, so and that is anybody from just an individual that wants somebody that's got that tax background to do their tax return, all the way on up to business owners. Um, so we have anything and everything in between. Um, it's always me that does them it's not I don't have anybody else that I pawn off tax returns to and say this is too easy for me I, I don't need you don't need me on this um we deal with just like I said individuals that don't want to put their own name on it or they want somebody else's name signed down on that tax return as the as the preparer um on up to big businesses
1: so uh you probably have a busy October coming up with all the business. <laughs> just jump on extension. Yeah.
0: Somebody may have taken too many vacations and gone to too many concerts this summer, so I'm a little bit behind on where I should be, but we got till October 16th. It's fine. But and it then was I celebrate fun. the next day with my birthday.
1: And you had a good summer. When was that, your birthday?
0: My birthday is always the day after the tax extensions are due, so, oh, so I'll be so, yeah, the yeah. deadline, celebrate a birthday.
1: So that's when you need to, we, we were talking before we started recording, but that's when you got to get your red ash reservation for that for that day after.
0: There we go. That's what
1: I'll do. You need, you need to call them now, though, because it, it's it's tough to get on their list. <laughs> I can't
0: make that call, though. That's the husband's job. He
1: has to make true, that call. True, true, true. <laughs> well, let's kind of go back to that a little bit, because we'll jump back and forth. You talked about going to, your, going to see a bunch of concerts this summer. Uh, <laughs> tell us about that and a little bit about your music career. I mean, you're a very talented musician and, and have really, I mean, Andrea Bocelli, The Who. This is pretty impressive. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah. So prior to deciding I wanted to go to law school, I was a music major back at LSU. Um, and I, I mean, I, I, I dropped my degree. This is, this is where you'll decide my age. I dropped my degree on nine 11. Um, I decided music wasn't going to be enough. I needed to do something. And, um, so, you know, the, the, the very idealistic college child, I'm going to be a lawyer by day and a musician by night. That was, that was the goal. Um, and so, you know, I continued doing music the whole time through, um, much to the chagrin probably of some of my law school professors, cause it didn't exactly make me the, uh, prime student while in school playing, uh, symphony gigs the night before finals may have not been the best approach, but we did it anyway. So I, um, uh, I kept it going the whole time. Um, And then I moved to Austin and I was able to connect with the guy here pretty much. We have, there's a handful of them, but there's one main guy here that really, anytime there's a Broadway show in town or, you know, like when the who comes to town and says, we need a symphony orchestra, we want a symphony to back us. They go to this one guy and I was able to connect with him. Um, And so I've been doing that here in Austin since 2011, really since right at the round of time I started the law firm. Um, So You know, anytime you go to a show at Bass Concert Hall, those big Broadway Across America productions, people don't realize this. Depending on the show, half the time that orchestra is is Austin musicians. Um, It is not a traveling orchestra. It's it's guys that are your local your local guys right here that are coming in a day before learning the book and we play the show the next day.
1: I would have never guessed that, honestly, (laughs) but it it makes so much more sense. I mean, I can't imagine the expense for them to travel with a full orchestra
0: yeah so usually those guys they um most of the shows that we do they'll they'll tour with maybe a keyboard player maybe even two keyboard players and then depending on what the show is you know they may travel with like their percussionist because maybe that's like a really heavy kind of rock mm. book or they may be with a guitar player so it depends yeah. on the show but then you know your the rest of your full orchestra is usually if it's a full orchestra show they're usually here local from austin you know when you go to the kind of rock shows those where it's a four or five piece they're probably touring with the guys with the show. Yeah. Um, but the rest so. of them, we're, we're here local. And it's not a, this is the piece, other piece of this that blows people's minds. They think, oh, you guys must just like practice all year get ready for these different shows. They call us and ask us to play the show. We will rehearse the night before for about three hours. Sometimes we don't even do a night before rehearsal. We just show up the day the show opens. We rehearse for three hours. And the first time we've ever played the show all the way through is the night when we open.
1: Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Well, props on that. That's, that's the definition of always being on call.
0: Yes. It's, it's, it's wild. And some like I said, when I, I got that call to play last year, it was the last year, I it was a six week window and I played with the who on the front end and then Andre Bocelli on the back end of it. Couldn't get more opposite crazy experience because it was right after that new Moody center opened. Right. And I mm-hmm. think the Moody center had been open about three, four weeks when I played with the who and, you know, as you mentioned, you know, I'm an avid concert goer. I've been on the front row of all these venues, but to actually sit on the position with the band and be on the stage and looking out, that's a whole new experience. Um, to see what those guys see every night, to think like, man, these guys have been seeing that every night for 40 and 50 years, just people losing their minds. And you're like, I'm in this tonight though. This is, this is
1: cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So who, um, who were you seeing this summer with all those vacations you were taking?
0: Oh my goodness. Uh, we went to quite a few concerts. Um, it's possible. I fo- followed foreigner around the state of Texas right before school went back. Um, that's my, that's my number one, <laughs> my number one group right there. Um, I also got, who else do I see? We saw Shania Twain. Um, I went to Dallas for a couple shows. I'm like blanking out right now. Cause that's, that's how it's going to go. I know I'm going to like 10 concerts, I think in September. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're all over the place, but yeah, foreigner foreigner was the biggie for the summer. Was it was the, the buildup to go and see the three shows here in Texas.
1: Yeah, I think the only show I've seen this year. I'm a huge Springsteen guy. I've seen him 23 or 24 times. So I saw him at Moody, and I was blown away by the facility. That it, it's the sound there is just amazing.
0: It's it's a fantastic facility, and and really and I have um become friends with a bunch of the guys that work for foreigner and a bunch of the crew members and so when we were we were at the show at the moody here right before school started i my son and i were actually off on the wing when Leverboy was playing so we were like well, hanging with the crew and watching from the side and i was asking i was like we knew it was a better experience because we were indoors and in dallas and houston they were both outdoors So of course you know that that alone made it austin better but yeah. i was like how is it in here? You know, I was just curious because to me, we look at it and we're like, "This is an amazing venue." But I wanted to know from that professional side mm-hmm. what they thought. And they're like, "Y'all really have a this is a special venue here." So it's really cool to think that these kind of guys come in and they look at our venue as being one of the special ones.
1: So what was better about the Austin show—the sound and the quality—or not sweating your face off?
0: <laughs> I mean, that was the number one thing, right? Was not. I mean, I think I think the show in Houston the night before it had been like 109 degrees yeah. when we got out there. Dallas was like 107. So yeah, again, an air conditioner. right? Man, it's, it's cold in here. I don't know what to do tonight. <laughs>
1: so you are committed.
0: I was very, very committed to going committed. to those shows. I've already bought my tickets for their final farewell show in Vegas, which is not until
1: 2024, so. Nice. Yeah. I'm trying, I got to figure out if I can make it all work, but, and again, I hope it's not a farewell show, but being a huge <laughs> Springsteen guy, the San Francisco show in December, I'm trying to nail that one down. It's the last show of this tour, so.
0: I mean, you know, like I always say, the concert tickets are always worth
1: it. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. I mean, when you're committed to a band, you got to go no matter where it is and it makes it worth it. But that's the thing is I look at it. My wife makes fun of me because I have like so many like really close friends of mine are like older, like in their 70s. I just have found that. She's like, why are you always like, always like older friends and these old, like Bruce Springsteen's a hundred years old. I'm like, he's not a hundred, <laughs> but my he, husband says
0: the same thing. He teases me about foreigner. He's like, man, you're just like chasing these 65-year-old men all around tech, you know, the country. I'm like, yeah, I am.
1: When you know what you like, go for it.
0: I mean, like, you get it, right? There's nothing on the radio now that sounds like Foreigner and Springsteen and those guys. It's like, not, no,
1: it's it's not I've I've grown very accustomed to country music since I moved here like 13 years ago now, which I never in a million years would have thought. I mean, I grew up, I was a, a 90s hip-hop kid, Tupac, Biggie, Dre, all that. Even that, like, I can't even fathom this mumble rap today. I mean, yeah. coaching lacrosse, I mean, I'm with high school kids all the time and they put stuff on the speaker and I'm just like, I can't even, I don't get it. I don't get it. But it's the same thing that our parents did with us, right?
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, my poor 13 year old, he goes to school and he's sporting, you know, his Motley crew and his Journey and Foreigner shirts and everybody's like, who are these bands you're listening to, kid? Well, that's
1: cool now with all the kids that are thrifting and wearing all the old concert shirts. I mean he's he's that's he's true a, but he can actually yeah. name
0: more than three songs by the bands that he's wearing on his right. t-shirts. So right. And he probably saw him in concert.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I had a question I wanted to get back to. We totally sidetracked <laughs> on the music, which is super cool. Um so you're talking about financial and here's something I come across quite a bit and it's been a lot of uh discussion this year and frankly, some unhappiness with all the property taxes and the, mm-hmm. the increases there. Is that something that you'll help with as well with maybe protesting some of that? Pat, you know, Past the initial protest, because I know we're past that, but there's some people I know that have done that, not gotten anywhere near a true value, and they're kind of struggling and looking for help with the county.
0: Yeah, so we absolutely do property tax disputes every year. It's usually not me. That's usually one of the other associates in the firm um that, that will do those property tax disputes mainly because it comes right off the tail end of finishing april 15th deadline and i'm like yeah. nope i'm i'm tapping out yeah. um but we do um you know it, it it's hard it's been hard in hayes county particularly i mean everywhere in texas it's been hard the last couple of years um to fight those property taxes dis- the property taxes because everybody's mm-hmm. have just ramped up so much um but we do we do handle those disputes we're still got quite a few hearings to go here in September on them so
1: now what about um we're past that deadline so people have either disputed it themselves or used the service or whatnot and they've gotten their response and we're in that appeal process now do you help with the appeal process if you didn't do the initial dispute two three months ago
0: yeah we will do those um usually it's more you know it's not as common that people will come to us afterwards for the appeal we certainly Mm. do them um you know we just it's obviously it's easier if we've kind of done it from the get-go and made sure you know with those property taxes it's really funny you miss checking one box and they're like oh nope everything else is done you've you've waived all of that so as long as we can verify everything else was done exactly right, right then we can I, take on. it's
1: been it's been tough in town i mean i i kind of reached out a bunch about it i i want to say i had probably 80 to 90 people that i helped with some general advice comps helping them with it um some had good success some didn't yeah and I'm really happy, though, there's three specific instances where we were able to give them enough advice of how to approach it, where they honestly thought they were going to have to sell the home because they couldn't afford the, the ut- I mean, their payment wow. went up to dollars a month. Yeah. So it's great that you're a resource for that. And let's talk more on that um, as we get into next year to make sure that we have a, as much ability. Um, hopefully, we don't see another massive spike like we did this year.
0: Hopefully not.
1: But if we do, we know we know who we can look at to help us with that absolutely um another thing that we kind of talked about and actually when we first reached out about recording this podcast you were at Disney so tell us about that uh <laughs> that mouse ear addiction you have
0: yeah there's there's maybe a mouse ear addiction I don't know which is worse at this point the concerts of the the Mickey Mouse I I don't really know but um yeah. I just, I love, you know, I, I always enjoyed going when I was a kiddo. Oh, right. Everybody does when they're well, I think, I think everybody does when they're a kid. Right. Um, but it's a whole new level when you get to bring your kids and watch it through their eyes. Right. Like getting to watch it, you know, my five-year-old when he sees Mickey mouse, you know, that, that is Mickey mouse, right. You mm-hmm. know, he does, there's no concept that Mickey mouse is in 12 places around this property at the same time. That's Mickey mouse when he's seeing it. And so that, I, I don't know, that just, it's, it's a happiness like none other for me to get to see that through his eyes. Um, and so, you know, anybody that has stepped foot into this office over here um, has seen that there are wall-to-wall Disney murals in the offices. Um sure. <laughs> so that I can walk in every day and have a little bit of Disney. Um it, it's it's fun. And I, you know, it I, I do it, yes, because I I enjoy it. It makes me smile when I come in. But honestly, I've set this place up so that today court isn't uh it, the decor is a fun place. You walk in, there's LSU stuff all over the main lobby. There's so everybody can talk about some sports or there's oh that time I went to New Orleans, right? Or you see the giant Disney mural and God, I love taking my kids to Disney. Or there's also as we so fondly refer to it as the Foreigner Museum that's right at the front office also that's got my platinum album from the guys and the guitar and all that. So like there's something that they immediately latch onto that has nothing to do with why they're coming in here. Because let's be honest, nobody wants to mm-hmm. come see me. I, you know, I'd like to think that they do, but no one wants to I want do now firm.
1: I do now. I'm coming for a tour.
0: <laughs> and my tax clients, you know, I always like feel like it's a reprieve. I'm like, I got about six weeks where people aren't really angry coming to see me, right? They're coming in. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we just got to We got to go through the routine, right? So the rest of the year, no one, no one's like excited. They're going to talk to a lawyer. So there's something for them to latch onto That's a little bit more familiar and a little bit more fun and inviting. And then, okay, well, I guess now we can go talk about the not fun stuff.
1: Well, the the one thing you hit on there that I agree with 100 percent and I'm gonna double down on is that New Orleans is the greatest city in America. <laughs> it, it is the best. You can't see this if you're listening, but if you're <laughs> watching the YouTube, you can see the de the Lee tattoo um on my arm. I love that city. I've been saying,
0: you see mine over here. That's my logo is the, right on the
1: logo. <laughs> um I've been there 20-something times going back in October just the food and the people and the environment. It's, it's the best.
0: You just got to fast for like a week before you go. And then a week after Mm -hmm. you're going to gain 10 pounds.
1: You can be there two days and
0: you're putting on 10 pounds in New Orleans.
1: Fine. No, it's, it's fine. It's, (laughs) it's, it's, I love it. I just, it's, and you would know more about this than me, but the one saying that I learned there from locals that I love is pass a good time. And it's just, it's just everything. Everybody there is happy and, my wife brought this up too. We were kind of sitting outside in the patio because we went in the fall when it was really nice. And now it's like really, you know, built up downtown and bigger buildings but we were thinking like you know 30, 40 years ago when it was just the three-story buildings with all the 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 porches and the ferns and everything like what that city must have been like with just the breeze coming through and all the laughter and everyone just like I man, what a what a place. It's 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 one of my absolute favorites.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't been home. It's been a while since I've gotten to go home. And home for me is Baton Rouge, which is, you know, an hour up the mm-hmm. road from New Orleans. So, yeah, I mean, we grew up. OK, it's Saturday. Let's go to New Orleans. That was just a, you know, and every yeah. few weekends you'd go down there because you just want to eat a good dinner that night.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's 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 the best, man. I That's it's one of the best places. Really enjoy it.
0: I mean, I think I've gained a pound, though. Actually, sitting here just thinking about the food in New Orleans, I think that's how it works. You, you know, just thinking I've, about it, I put on
1: weight. <laughs> I started sweating thinking about it. So either way, we're 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 in good shape. We were actually going to go there. Um, we had a trip plan that I was really excited about, and it was March, like thirteenth, fourteenth, twenty
0: twenty.
1: Right as everything was shutting down, we we had. I don't know. I'll send you a link to see it. It was this amazing Airbnb. They had turned this huge synagogue into an airbnb and it was the oh wow place. oh it was so cool it was right on the parade route for st patrick's day and okay. my wife and I were going for a little four-day weekend to spend st patrick's day in new orleans and then we had to cancel it like two days before because everything shut down and it was a trip that i keep looking back at and yeah. like with the kids now and everything like that's one we won't be able to recreate but i was excited about that one and that kind of brings me to a good segue. Um, the pandemic was a tough time for all of us, um, with the shutdown, and we started talking a little bit about that, that class of 2020, and, and what they kind of went through as seniors um, here in, in high school in town. And you did a really, really cool thing um, with all of the parents in town with the Facebook page. And I'll kind of let you talk on what you did and how that kind of played out for, the, for that group of seniors.
0: Yeah, so we, um, I started a page that was the class of 2020 adopt a senior page. Um, I think I, I was kicking around talking about it with you know somebody at the office, like we need to do something for the kids in the 2020 class because you know it was it was crazy. And at the time, my uh, my secretary, she had a son that was in that class. I was like, I, I just want to do something. I want to make them feel like they, they, you know, they're getting the bang for the buck, right? And um, so we started the Facebook page and. You know, I remember just starting it with like, I'm just going to invite everybody I know in Dripping Springs or however many, a couple hundred people that was on Facebook that I was able to plug into this group and just say, add everybody, you know, that has a senior graduating. And, you know, the the purpose was that they would, you know, the parent or whoever was, you know, involved would make a little post about their senior, um, tell us a little bit about them and where the, you know, what was next for them. And then somebody else in the community would come in and adopt them. And, you know, adoption would meant whatever you wanted it to mean, Right. Give them a gift, do a card for them, whatever it meant. Um, and so I remember starting it and thinking, like, man, I hope this gets some traction. There's gonna be like 10 kids in here. And at the time, I, I have a gal in town. Um, she runs Daisy Print Company, little little local business plug there. And I
1: reached oh, out to her um, and said, Emily Ronellis.
0: Yes, she's fantastic. Any yeah, she's great. Needs, any monogramming, whatever you need. Yep. She'll, she'll take care of you. Yeah, but Daisy, she, um, they're good. Yeah. She's fantastic. But she um I reached out to her and i said look can you just design me like a little classic 2020 card i said you can put a tiger on even because then if i don't use them all, i'll send them to somebody at shoot, right and um i, I said just do me like 2025 of these cards because i figured if it didn't take off any parents that put their kid in this group and i should stop saying parents because there were other family members and friends but whatever mm-hmm. that put the children in on the group um that i was i was going to send them a card I said, if nothing else, these, you know, however many kids get in this group, I'm going to do a handwritten card for those kids and send them something. So somebody knows that they were at least there's a congrats card. And, um, yeah, I think it ended up that there were about 300 something that ended up in the group. I don't remember how big the class actually was, you know, but by the time it was all said and done, there were, you know, three close to 300, if not over that, that were in the group. And, um, I, Emily had to keep printing out those cards and I hand wrote and addressed notes to all of those 300 kids that were in the group because once I started, I couldn't stop. And um, that's no
1: joke. That's a lot of work.
0: It that was I one well, I and I joked because they they invited me to come speak at 12 Fox. They did an event for the seniors, um, you know, at the at the at the venue. Um, and they asked me to come and speak at it to the seniors. And I remember saying like, you will get a card from me. It just may be in like August. And I I, I made <laughs> sure it was done before like they would have left to go to college or wherever they were yeah, going. That's when they,
1: did so, that, um, they did that big barbecue fundraiser, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I remember going, I just went and picked up a bunch of foods to, to bring home. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I, that I, that was like, I remember telling them joking, like I'll get them done. Just don't, it's not going to be before you're done with school for the year. And, uh, but I did, I finished the stack and I, I remember being a big deal to me because I wanted to make sure I looked at their, you know, look at whatever the the person had posted about them and like tied into the card. I was like, I'm not going to just write congrats on graduating. It was -hmm. a a big effort. (laughs) Uh, My hand still hurts from that. Um, You're
1: going to get to know each kid.
0: I really did. It was cool because I've now like some of those kids have come back and you know what, I'll tell you what, those kids still remember that senior page because they'll come back in for other things. And they're like, wait, you're the one that did the class of 2020 page. And I'm well, yeah, but you know, what a big deal. You know, we made a Facebook page and, and, you know, but all the kids in the group got adopted lots of them got adulted by two and three people um and then what the fun part was afterwards you know i I didn't have a kid in that class my oldest at the time i think was in the fourth grade fifth grade whatever he was in um but the parents would post photos from you know way little kids all the way Mm. up onto their senior pictures so they posted all these great photos of the other parents in town oh my god i forgot you know i forgot little johnny and that's what he looked like back in the day right But then everybody started posting the pictures on the flip side as the kids were getting their gifts or whatever was happening, they were taking pictures. And so you had all these, everybody in the community that they didn't necessarily have seniors, but they wanted to do something. So it felt like, again, it just, it reminded me of what I loved about Dripping when I moved here, that these people don't even have kids that are in the senior class, maybe don't even have kids, right? But they wanted to, they found somebody that I liked this one because he was going, you know, she's going into fashion and I'm, I'm a fashion gal, or this one was a musician and I wanted to adopt a musician. And so it was really cool to see all those connections get made and and then see the posts that continued throughout, um, really throughout the summer. Cause they kind of kept going with it.
1: It was, I kind of watched along from, <laughs> from home and, and remember that happening and that, 2020 class, if anyone that knows me knows it's a special place like in my heart because as being the lacrosse coach here in town, we had a huge 2020 class. I mean, for us on the lacrosse team, we had – I mean, it's not as big as the football team, but we had probably 18 2020s in that class, and we were we were loaded that year. And I will go to my grave saying we were going to the Final Four. Um, and to have to I, – I will never forget it, and I'll actually link it in the, the show notes here – um having to talk to those guys the night of our last game together, having coached them for six years, seven years, and knowing it was the last time we were going to step on a field and then going out and and playing and, and having to just say goodbye with that cut off right there in the middle. It was it was tough and and that those weren't my kids. they they were my kids, but they weren't my kids. so I can't imagine what it was like as a parent to see your kid and it's just like, it's done. Yeah. And it's on to the next. So that you were a huge bright spot in our community for that. And and there's so many families who have so much gratitude for you for that and what that meant to them. And on behalf of all of them and that whole class and the whole community, I just say thank you.
0: Yeah, Thank you. It was really cool the next year. I knew it meant a lot to people. I didn't really realize how much it meant to people until about the next February when somebody that had a senior reached out to me and said, you know, because 2021's class was still, it was still kind of messed up, right? We weren't really back yeah, on that, yeah. And somebody reached out to me and said, hey, Dorothy, um, are are you going to do a Facebook page for Adopt a Senior 2021? And I said, well, I will. Let's do it. Let's do another one. And mm. then they reached out again the next year and said, are you going to, and you know, it's it's dwindled down, right? It's not been as mm. big of a thing anymore. But it was cool to see that the, even the following year, people reached back out to me and said, well, will you will you start this Facebook page back up again? So yeah, let's do it. Let's do it again.
1: Well, and what's cool about that is how we're going to actually transition that page to keep it as a community hub. And so much love and work went into that. And we, we didn't want to lose that. And um, with the Soul On podcast, the whole idea of it is to highlight Dripping Springs residents, local businesses, and to bring the community together. And that's how we're going to kind of transition that page. And we're going to turn it into um, the Sold community and be, make it so that, you know, we can post our episodes in the air and, and make it another community page with events and things going on and charities we can help and things people need and, and just a general positive community. I know some of our pages here get a little hostile and that's definitely not going to be the goal of that one but um yes yeah, so we're going to begin that, that, that transition soon here um you're going to help me with that and we're going to have that audience and give them something and i really do like the idea of having that kind of carry over year over year with the graduating class of each year seniors and um i didn't even really think of that until now uh, i think we keep that going each spring
0: i think we should i mean i, I it, like i said it was even with, with somebody that didn't have that old, you know, a a senior in high school or even a high school child, just getting to watch it was, was fun. Right. Like, where else do you have a page where like, everybody just posts and let's celebrate the kids in our class. Right. Let's celebrate Mm -hmm. their accomplishments and celebrate everything that they've done. And, you know, and then, like I said, everybody else came in and said, Oh, I, I'm going to, I want to do something cool for your kid. Like, let's, let's do this. And It was was really fun. It was very special to watch it from my side of it and kind of try to help people coordinate. And of course, in 2020, you had a lot of people that they they weren't going to go out and do anything, right? They were worried about going shopping or having it. So my office kind of became a hub for people. Can we drop off gifts at your office and you coordinate with the seniors? And so being in the middle of it all was really, it was really special.
1: Well, we're going to build on that and keep that going each year. And hopefully we can get some good involvement in that. I'd love to be a part of that. I just I think it's really cool. It was a really cool thing. But and, you
0: um, might have to do the handwritten cards this time.
1: You know, there's a lot of AI programs now that <laughs> that uh, have, have robots. <laughs> no, nah, robot, man, no pain, uh, no pain.
0: If you don't have I know, handwritten I know, hands, I know. cards,
1: <laughs> I'm a big handwritten. Listen, I got a buddy of mine in Beverly Hills. This is, again, I'm friends with all these like old guys, he's 87 years old. Um, he played for John Wooden. Amazing, amazing guy and uh, Roger Roger Milstein used to be the president of the Chamber of Commerce in Beverly Hills. Fantastic guy, big real estate guy, just always has a deal going on, right? When he found out about the quads, he sent me a book, John Wooden's children's book. So I wrote him a handwritten note. Thank you, sent it back to him. He called me and almost fell over. He's like, nobody in your generation writes notes anymore. This is going on my wall. And it's like on his wall next to all of his like John Wooden, UCLA memorabilia. Wow. Like, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's true though. Nobody has a handwritten card. That was why in my mind, I was like, I'm doing this. We're doing handwritten cards because I don't."
1: It's mean a cool. Lot I like it. It's, I had a stack over here somewhere because I was I was just writing some gratitude notes um, yesterday. I don't know where I put them, but one of my kids. I actually it. have
0: a stack. It's, it's in this drawer that's right behind me. It's the stack of cards that I got from the 2020 seniors because a oh, lot of them amazing. send me their graduation announcements or they that's send me their So that's I think they're still in there. I've kept all of those.
1: Well, along with this, we're also going to we're in the planning process. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like, Um, but we're going to have an event coming up here in a couple of weeks that we'll give you details on as soon as we figure it out. But we're going to also be looking to raise some money for the Austin Jazz Society. Um, And when the details come, you'll know. But tell us about that and why the Austin Jazz Society is very important to you and why we can help them raise some money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as, as we've talked about, obviously music is very near and dear to my heart Um, and being a Louisiana gal, gotta love my jazz. And it's, it's interesting because I would have never guessed it moving here, but Austin actually has a really fantastic jazz musician scene, right? And I would have never guessed that coming from Louisiana, Mm -hmm. but um, they do. And so the Austin jazz society, it's kind of a two-pronged thing, right? They, they, the first part of it is just really trying to promote that, right? Promote these guys, um, and get them into venues where they can perform and, and be seen right we have awesome clubs here we you got the elephant room and the continental club and monks jazz club all these places that are fantastic um people don't even know about it people don't even know what's going on in these places so austin jazz society kind of part one is to try to raise awareness of these different things and help these musicians get, musicians, get some more coffee um help the musicians get their names out but then the other side of it is that they also have started working with youth, young musicians, right? And so they have an Austin, um, It's I think it's the Youth Jazz Orchestra. Um, I'm hoping that my eighth grader is going to try to do that here soon. But they raise scholarships for kids that may not be able to afford to do something like that on their own. Um, and so to keep that love of music and jazz going in that younger generation. So it's a really cool group. I have a personal connection to it because many of my musician friends that I do perform with, they are also Members of the Austin Jazz Society, and they are musicians that are performing in those jazz groups. So,
1: well, it sounds like maybe we have to find a way to get some jazz musicians out the Dripping Springs and raise some money for this organization.
0: You know, I might have some connections.
1: <laughs> if we can make that happen, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, I love events. I just love I love people. That's why this podcast is so much fun for me. Um, we got to know you really well today. I really appreciate your openness um, the things that you've done and we want to make sure that our listeners support your business. So if anybody here is in any sort of financial issues or needs advice, definitely reach out to Dorothy. Uh, again, you can find her at your trendy lawyer on Instagram. And, um, yeah, we, we, this was a great, great opportunity to get to know you and, and your business a little bit better.
0: Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Thrilled that you were here and we want to make sure that you guys, uh, Keep in tune for what we're gonna have for this fundraiser. We wanna make sure we raise good money for the Austin Jazz Society. And as soon as we get that info, we'll be the first to know. And we hope you enjoy this episode of the Sold On Drip Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Sold On Drip Podcast. Please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. If you would like to connect, learn more about Dripping Springs, or have any questions regarding Central Texas real estate, you can find me at soldondrip.com or on Instagram, at Bill caferetta I hope to see you around it